0: Tavern Squad is a tabletop RPG podcast that features adult themes and language. Viewer discretion is advised. Greetings and welcome to the Tavern of Terror. I'm your host and innkeeper of arcane lore, Connor Everly. Today's episode is a little something special
1: for the spooky season. Here, we are using the Cthulhu Dark System to play a homebrewed scenario that I authored myself. This is part one of our two-part Cthulhu miniseries. We recorded a pregame session where we brush over the rules for the scenario, the general theme, and the party's character creation. If you're interested in learning more about the rules or how we came up with the characters, check it out. Now, Cthulhu games often deal with dark and disturbing themes, and while part one is very light on the following content warnings, these themes will be present in this scenario's entirety. Content warnings for the series are violence, gore, body horror, psychological horror, and domestic abuse, the last of which will be encountered in the second part specifically, and when we post it, we will have timestamps so you can avoid that content. However, if you are not comfortable with gore and body horror, this may not be the miniseries for you. The National Domestic Violence Hotline is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days of the year, for any American who is experienced or is at risk of family and domestic violence. The website link and phone number for the N.D.V.H. are included in the episode notes. The intro for this miniseries was made by the talented Eugene Stax. Links to his website and social media are in the episode notes. Today's cast is Jessica McGarry, Andre Ryu, Sean Paul, and Dan the Mystery Man, with a guest appearance from Lou Fox.
0: And with no more delay, let us begin.
1: Hiking within the Coconino National Forest, tall stands of ponderosa pines hug the trail and loom above you, filtering the otherwise oppressive September sun. The forest floor is matted with pristine pine needles that hide the decay and those that feast upon it beneath. In the heat, the faint smell of vanilla wafts through the woodlands, Kaibab squirrels bound along the trail, scavenging for their next meal. And through the trees you occasionally see deer and elk. Your hike has been pleasant so far, and by that I mean it's been grueling. It was ambitious to make the 30-mile Watford Williams Trail into a two-day adventure, and making the mogion Rim your destination for the night meant that you guys had to hike 18 miles today. That's roughly a nine-hour walk at a comfortable pace, but you've had to carry your gear and all of your water for the two-day trip, making your adventure a little bit harder than you might have previously expected. And as you continue down the trail, you see a slight opening. You are coming to your destination, the Mogion Rim. Through the trees, you finally see a clearing, open air, where you know that you can see over the edge of the canyon and out for miles. Stepping from the trail out into the clearing, who do we think is leading the pack?
2: Ideally, Isabella would try and be ahead of everyone, but if someone else is, is a ahead, tank...
1: Isabella. Okay. Take the lead, Isabella. As your character steps out, Jessica, why don't you describe the appearance of your character and what their occupation or studies are.
2: So Isabella Trinidad walks out into the trail having her backpack full of water but very little camping gear as she is training to go on to the TV show Alone, which is a wilderness survival show. Um, She has long, red, curly hair and um, freckles She's wearing long pants and hiking boots and one of those um, long sleeve shirts that has some SPF protection. SPF protection. And then she starts just looking around the area looking for a good place to set up camp.
1: So Isabella, you look upon this clearing. It is a 30-foot in diameter clearing right up against the edge of the Mogollon Rim. Walking into this clearing, you see some flat ground where you can set your tents and a stone ring. That is a fire ring. You come to the edge of the cliff and look out, taking a deep breath, satisfied that you have made the end of your day's journey. You can see over the cliff edge and out for miles. You can see the small town of Watford about 12, 13 miles away. The trail, at this point, starts to continue down a thin ridge of stone. It's probably ten feet across. It's very narrow, but something about it elates you. Cool. It's about 4.30 and the sun is getting closer to the horizon. Looking out over the panoramic view, over to the west, a safe distance away, you see that a wildfire is burning. Black smoke rises from the forest miles away, and a rising curtain Tendrils of black smoke start creeping up, seemingly trying to engulf the setting sun. You assume you have about an hour and a half until the sun has set and it is dark.
2: Okay. I'm immediately going to start with the fire, the campfire, and wait for everyone to gather around. All right. I get out my little flint and tinder.
1: And as you start this fire, you hear the footsteps of the next person in line.
3: Yeah, so uh, Drew Dagby—he's uh, a pretty plain-looking dude. I, I think all Drews are redheaded for some reason, glasses, and he's studying. Uh, he's, he's at the School of Hospitality. His goal is to be a night clerk. Um, that's like his dream for his own thing. But right now, he's trying to—he's got to he's gotta finish up his like his capstone project so he has to like draft up plans for a for a hotel
1: and would you say you're a fairly experienced hiker
3: no drew's out here because uh isabella is like outgoing and an invitational person and he saw an opportunity in their stats class to make some new friends so uh he also was prompting his buddy clive who's in the, the hospitality school to come with him make some new connections.
1: All right. So, Drew, at this point, your party, your group, has kind of got a little bit split up. As the day is worn on, everyone's been hiking at their own pace, and you're the second one to arrive in this clearing. As you arrive, you see Isabella Trinidad trying to spark up a fire. You also notice, to your right... There is a small footpath that leads about another 60 feet into the woods to what looks like another clearing.
3: First thing Drew's going to do, he's going to, like, reach into his sack and he's going to pull out. He's got, like, the the tiny, like six ounce bottles of water he has like as many of those as it takes for like a a day of of water that's like what he's been packing because they're at the the front of the hotel desk no he's gonna slug one of those back so you have like
4: 24 of those things
3: yeah exactly he like every you know every time they stop for water he's got to pull a new one out and he crushes it and um like he has not he's not he's not been a good hiker he's not been you know pack it in pack it out so I, w- I will probably just leave that that bottle where i'm at and uh ask isabella like hey isabella do you need any like help with that
1: fire
2: yeah i need to go pick up all your shit bro <laughs> leave no trace homie jesus christ have you been doing that this whole time
1: yeah
3: like haven't you like hansel and gretel you know in case we get lost
2: oh god oh man Get yeah, go find me some wood i guess Oh. But stop leaving your trash on the trail, please, for God's sake.
3: Okay. Do you want, like, little sticks or, like, big sticks or, like, lots of heavy wood? Like, like what are we looking for here?
2: So little sticks and then a couple, like, arm-sized sticks, but nothing too long. I don't have, like, I do have a multi-tool and a small hatchet, but I don't have a, a wood chopping chop-chop, you know, that thing clearly doing so well in my school
1: (laughs) wood chop and chop chop
3: (laughs) uh cool I I guess I search for firewood
1: okay so Drew you head off into the woods to go find some firewood and as you depart this clearing the third member of your party enters the clearing
5: right next to Isabella a disc golf disc lands in her vicinity (laughs) And oh shit Then you see, uh, Rod Wacker, communications major, but mainly just a disc golf enthusiast and only picked the school because it was in the forest, um, come clomping up the trail wearing his Ask Me About My Disc branded shirt and, uh, some cargo shorts. And, uh, he's looking okay. He, he you can tell he was taking it a casual walk, but he's pretty seasoned on trudging through the forest.
2: I grab the frisbee and I toss it back and I say, how you holding up?
5: Oh, this is, this is beautiful. I was kind of hoping that, uh, you know, I'd find this, like this, uh, this course that people have been talking about up here, but I, I didn't see any banners, mm-hmm. but man, it'd be cool to play that. How are, how are you doing? You look like, really killed it on that trail.
2: Yeah. I need to definitely get ready my sleeping situation for tonight. I did not bring a tent or a sleeping bag or anything. So I'm starting with the fire, and then I'm going to have to go forage some food and and get...
1: <laughs> no, I think I raw food. You could use your chop-chop to get a squirrel. You could use the chop chops to get a squirrel.
5: <laughs> going chop-chop hunting?
1: <laughs> no, I
2: don't want to risk e- eating meat. Some rancid-ass squirrel meat? <laughs> I think I'll just eat some tree bark. <laughs> I, I'm good. I'm slightly concerned about that fire over there. I didn't remember reading a report on INCI web, oh. which is the website that you go and see all the fires on, which is cool.
1: Your professionalism showing.
2: Thanks. So I wonder if that just happened.
5: Yeah. Rod has never heard of this, so he nods, but very clearly he's head of element. Rod cracks open another PBR, and uh, you didn't bring a tent or a sleeping bag? Where are you going to sleep?
2: I think that tree looks good over there. Possibly the grass right next to the, the fire, depending on how cold it gets. And how much time I have, really. Food is first priority for me. It did bring enough water, though.
5: A little concerned about this. What if you fall out of the tree or catch on fire?
2: Well, I do know someone who has experience catching on fire, and I think I'll be okay. Stop, drop, and roll. Alright.
4: It's the person you know named Smoky Bear. <laughs> person she knows called
1: Connor Everly yeah who caught fire while camping
2: (laughs) he has a little heart shaped scar on his knee it's cute
1: Yeah, happened when I was seven but that's not a part of the story it is now
4: (laughs) canon it's canon it
1: it is I have the scars to prove it yeah check our instagram I'll show you my scar
2: Uh, we say that about a bunch of shit and then we never end up posting it eh,
1: whatever (laughs) <laughs> if you're
2: listening you should just comment one of our posts be like where's that scar <laughs> or whatever
1: yeah dm us let us know you're listening
5: no comment every post that's what i want to see
2: well rod if you want to go um i sent drew to go get some wood but if you wanted to go find more wood that'd be cool or you can set up your tent whatever you want
5: yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go set up my sleeping bag then i'll make sure you know Drew's okay out there. been picking up all these plastic bottles.
2: Oh, thank God.
5: Assume they're his?
2: Yes. Can you please scold him a little bit for me? Because I had no idea he was doing that. And I'm so glad that you picked that up because I had a fit.
5: Then, uh, yeah, uh, Rod would pick up his frisbee and uh, he heads down towards where Drew went and uh, decides to loose off a frisbee at him. But like a warning shot, not hit him. Like... You know, off-bow.
1: Alright, so we'll come back to that. As your disc goes sailing through the woods, we'll come back to this scene. Now we must introduce
4: our final member. I love the implication Sean created that Rod has been drinking this entire 18-mile hike by saying he cracked open another PBR. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a fantastic You can never just have one. <laughs> and so, solidly bringing up the rear of the group... Is uh, Clive Snyder. He is studying janitorial services. He is around six foot one short sandy blonde hair and Right as he crests the trail into the clearing you just hear him say unbelievable as he slapped his neck and Bats away another fuck because he has just been laboring up this hike and the bugs have just been destroying him. He's not used to nature, and I think probably what took him so long is he was like trying to straighten sticks and stuff on the side of the trail, because this is just a really chaotic environment. And it's just taking Clive a really long time. And Drew kind of just left him in the dust. Uh, he's the whole reason he came, they're buds, he said this would be a great trip, and he's he was way far ahead of him. So he's in kind of a sour mood as he, Gets into
1: the clearing. So Isabella, you see a brooding Clive step into the clearing as you manage to catch some of the pine needles and
4: twigs you have on fire.
2: Hey. Hey Clive, are those insects bothering you?
4: I mean, honestly, I put on more bug spray than you've seen in a day and I'm still getting mosquito bites all over as he slaps at his ankle warding off more bugs.
2: Yeah, come on by the fire. The smoke should help get rid of those bugs, and you'll just need to make sure they don't get infected. Um, those mosquitoes are nasty out here.
4: Well, Clive really latched onto that, and as you say the word infection, his eyes just blow up. And he says, God damn it! And he moves over to the fire and, like, takes his bag off and sits at it, and starts, like, furiously scratching, and, like, trying to apply topical ointment. And as you're, uh, putting topical
1: ointment on all of your bites, we're going to go back to Drew Dagby. So, Drew, you're collecting some nice small sticks, you know, pencil-sized sticks, and then, you know, slightly bigger than that, finger-sized sticks, and then arm-sized sticks, and suddenly a disc golf disc goes whizzing past your head, and it goes into a bush, and it... Makes a hard thudding noise. It's a little peculiar, as it sounds like it's hitting something made of solid wood. Not hitting branches, not hitting a tree, but, like, hitting processed wood.
3: Okay. Uh, so I turn around, do I see, uh, Rod, like, where the disc came from?
1: You do. Hey, hey, Rod,
3: you, uh, you want to come get your disc over here? You, uh... Send it my way. Hey, 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 Drew.
5: Uh, Do you see where it landed, man? I kind of lost it over the over the bush there. Yeah,
3: um and it's over. Yeah, it's it's inside of this. And can can I go and investigate like where the the disc landed?
1: Absolutely. So you go into the bushes where the disc has landed, and you see. Uh, wh- what does your disc look like? Oh, this one is a uh, hot pink with a T Rex on it. So, looking inside the bush, you see this hot pink disc with the T-Rex on it, and it appears that it is right next to this an 18 by 18 inch chest. It's a box. It looks like it's made of hard wood, and there's brass filigree, kind of corner caps on the side as well, and the latch. It appears it's been here for a while, as the brass has become oxidized and green.
3: Okay, first I'm going to take that Frisbee. I'm going to chuck it back to, to Rod. I'm gonna show,
1: hey, Whacker, catch this.
3: And I throw it back to Rod. How in the bush are you, Drew? Not very.
5: Oh, okay. So Rod would see this and be able to react? Yes. Okay. He'll uh, he'll try and catch it.
3: Wait, but hold, hold up. For, for consistency's sake, isn't Rod Whacker... He's into disc golf. That is very different than Ultimate Frisbee. I just want to put that... Oh.
5: <laughs> Shoot... Should- can we make this a contested roll? Okay. Rod versus the Frisbee?
1: Yeah, we can make it a contested roll.
5: Okay. Sure.
1: First roll. Yeah. Which
5: I want to share this with you guys. Are you ready?
4: <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. Very
5: nice. It's a five.
3: Two a three. Ooh. Rod connects. Is that what happens? He does he does connect with the frisbee. He catches
5: Classic it. Classic alligator catch right in his hand.
3: Good throw, bro. Okay, sick. Sorry, had had to make sure that a bit of, of RP <laughs> made it. Made it through the uh, through the stats.
1: Don't apologize for good RP. It's in the details.
3: And then I yank the chest out.
1: And it takes a moment as some kind of branches have grown over this box, but you wrest it from the clutches of this bush, and you manage to wipe off some of the dirt. Hey,
3: Rod, check this out. This is uh, it's a weird box. You like old stuff? Drew, did you pack that in here? No, man, it's just like hanging out in this bush. I, I think your your uh, your frisbee hit it.
5: Whoa! Who would hike a box in here? I don't. Know. Oh, you want a beer, by
3: the way? Uh, yeah. Uh, PBR me, please.
5: Yeah. Rod gives it a
1: nice lofty throw over to Drew. You guys want to do a contested roll for that one?
3: <laughs> I'll. Uh, I- I'm trying to make friends, so I like I shotgun that bad boy. Just like.
5: Oh, you were thirsty, man.
0: Yeah.
3: So wait, can we... Let's get back to this box. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the deal with the box is. Maybe it's like a geocache. (laughs) Oh, that'd be cool. Should we pop it open? (laughs) Yeah, let's let's see what's inside. Should we take it back to the camp? Yeah, yeah,
5: I'll help you, man. And, uh...
3: Can we lug it together?
5: Rod with a beer in one hand
1: and holding the box in the other. Okay. Yeah, you guys managed to share the load. Uh, It's not insanely heavy. Maybe 20, 30 pounds... So you guys, you know, carry it along together. It's it's surprisingly heavy for just you know an eighteen by eighteen inch cube box, but uh, you know, taking it by each handle on the side, you walk it, and where you see Clive smearing hydrocortisone and antibiotic on himself, and you see Isabella who's now starting to like gather sticks and lean them up, making her lean too.
3: Okay, I'm gonna approach Clive, and I'm like. Dude,
4: Clive, you gotta, like, chill out, man. Like, have a beer.
5: Rod, uh, hears he's been summoned and, uh, throws a PBR in the mix.
4: Easy for you to say, amigo. You just haven't been bitten by all God's creatures. As he applies another layer to his topical ointment.
3: Dude, it's gonna be fine. And I'm gonna reach into my bag. I'm gonna pull out, uh, like a hotel bottle of shampoo. And I'm like, just... This stuff is like... Y- you can use it for everything. Just put it on, man. You'll, you'll be fine. Like, have a beer. Relax. If you need to do something, like, maybe help Isabella out with the fire. I know you like organizing stuff, man, but, like, you gotta, like... We're here to make friends, dude.
4: Did you guys just not bring any of that wood you were supposed to bring back with you? Nope, it's... <laughs> I totally
3: dumped that bundle as soon as I saw the box. Like, like one track mind. Well, lost everything.
5: I think uh, Rod would yell over and be like,
3: Hey Clive,
5: I know you're getting ready to do some Turkish uh, greased up wrestling, but come check out this box we found in a bush.
2: Did someone say they found more trash on the trail? And I'll come jaunting you over to...
5: I don't know, Isabelle. this might be treasure. Oh. I think it's like a
1: geocache. Maybe.
2: Can I like knock on the side of it, see if I can tell if any, if it's hollow or if anything's in it or anything?
1: Yeah, you can, you can knock on the side of it. It's obviously hollow. It's a chest, so it can contain something. Go ahead and make a roll. Six. There's something big inside this box, and it doesn't seem like it rolls too much. With that six, you can also smell something sickly sweet. Mm. It smells like rot.
2: Guys, I think something might be dead inside of here. I don't know if we should open it up.
1: And with that six, the rules dictate you must roll a sanity.
2: Rolling sanity. Sanity. I also got a six, so it now goes to two. Okay. I am worried about this chest, guys. We should we should put it back where we got it.
4: Wow, that looks like a real treasure chest. We should crack it open, see what's inside. He's ignoring me completely.
3: <laughs> no, Isabel, like, I totally, if it's a geocache, we have to put our names in the in the journal inside. Otherwise, people won't know we found it. It's the rules.
2: Yeah, but, like, can't you guys smell that? Like, it smells like death.
3: Yeah, this might be one of those like trading ones. Maybe somebody left some like jerky in here and it went bad or something. Like, you know, do you have anything you could leave in the box for like the next person? We could leave a PBR. Dude, sick.
2: If you guys are doing that, I start backing up. I'm like, I don't want to be a part of this. And I just like back up and like go behind the fire, like safe distance, but I'm still curious.
3: Isabel, you, you got like a pen or something in your survival gear? Why? So we can put our names in the box. There's gonna be like a journal.
2: Of course I have a pen and my little soap note to take notes if anyone gets injured. It's my first aid kit. I want that pen back though. It's actually a pencil.
4: So I think while this is happening, I think Clive is uh, actively distracted and now very invested in opening the box. So he's gonna bring out his like multi-tool that every good janitor has and he's gonna just start working at the locking mechanism.
1: It's not so much that it's locked, it's just that the corrosion has made it stuck. And so wiggling your multi-tool in there and pulling hard, you pop the latch and you open up the chest. And I'm going to need Clive, Rod, and Drew to make sanity checks. As the box pops open, there's this sickly scent of, not necessarily decay, but like, like a pickling fluid. And you look inside to see a mummified head. Eyes rotted out, skin emaciated, stretched thin like flimsy leather over a human skull. And it looks like it's baring its teeth. So go ahead and make those sanity rolls, guys.
4: Okay.
3: Drew rolled a four. Okay, your sanity increases. So he's going to go... Yep, he's up to two now.
4: Clive rolled a three.
3: Sanity increases. And Rod rolled a two. So he also increases.
1: All of your insanity increases as you see a, what looks like a mummified head inside of this box.
4: I think as he cracks it open and the smell and the sight overtake him, I think Clive would say, God damn it! And then kind of push the box away and then like scrabble backwards a little bit. Maybe spilling it, I don't know. But like real shock and surprise.
1: You know what? I like your idea, Dan. You shove the box, and the head goes tumbling out and into the dirt.
2: I'm assuming I see it at that point. Yep. And I got a five, so my sanity is now three. Holy shit, what is that? I told you not to open it!
3: Dude, what the fuck? It's like a... It's like a drunken head. Get a stick.
5: Let's not sign this one, dude. This is not the geocache we wanted to find.
4: Put it away! Get rid of it. Where'd you say you found this?
3: It was over there in the bushes. This is like that TikTok where those girls found like a body in a suitcase.
2: Didn't see that one.
3: Mm-mm. Oh, it, it's pretty messed up. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. There's just like two teenage girls and they like, they stumble across like, they're like, oh, cool, a suitcase in a field. And then there was like body parts. It was like a, oh my God. It was a whole thing. They had to get
1: like police involved. It was bad. Jesus. I listened to a podcast episode about it.
2: Really? Morbid
1: podcast. Yeah.
4: Check them out. PUT THE HEAD AWAY, GOD damn it! So, I guess looking at the head, does it look like a man or a woman? Alien. Or are there any distinguishing features on said head? It appears to be a man's head.
1: Inspecting it more, it looks like when it was severed, it was severed very crudely. The hair appears like it's gone brittle. It's grown like a little, little bit. But since it's been embalmed, there hasn't been too much of a change on that front. And there is one false tooth for the left incisor.
3: I'm going to ask, is there like anything else in the box? Like what's in there? And can I like take a peek?
4: What's in the box? What's in the box? That's well, ahead. head.
1: <laughs> Looking inside the box, there is nothing else left inside there. It's, it appears it was just a severed, preserved head.
3: I'm going to pull out, I have a hotel washcloth in, in the backpack uh, from the stack of washcloths, and uh, I'm going to drape that over the head and kind of, like, you know, like manipulate it such that, like, I can kind of roll it onto the towel without touching the head and try and
1: get it back into the box. I'll say this is painstakingly done, but no need for a roll. You get the head back in the box. Okay, cool.
4: What kind of place have you taken us to, Isabel? Finding heads in boxes? Don't blame me. Blame the fools that dug out the chest of God knows
2: where.
5: There was no digging involved. But Isabel, what's the, like, wilderness survival for finding severed heads?
2: To not fuck around with it and put it back where it came from. And be on high alert. Like, obviously some sketchy shit's going on. If you guys want, you can. We can build my lean-to a little bit more and kind of beef it up so someone would have to chop through it to get to us, just in case.
3: Uh, I'm just gonna put it out there that, like, maybe it's not a good idea for us to like camp where we found a severed head.
4: Well, it's about to be dark, Drew. So what do you want to go tromping around in the wilderness when somebody's cutting off heads and sticking them in chests?
3: I think it sounds better than sitting around waiting for the head severer to come by and sever our heads.
5: We're going to have a bad time if we try and fight a head severer, especially with how greased up Clive is.
4: (laughs) Hey, this is topical ointment to heal my injuries. Why do you have shampoo in your hands then? Drew said it would make it all better. Damn it,
5: Drew.
2: Guys, focus. We either have to build a secure location here, or maybe hike down trail, I guess, to get away from this specific location. But the sun is setting very soon, so we need to decide and we need to act quickly. I vote for securing our location here, because at least we can have some form of protection.
5: I agree with Isabel. I've watched Star Wars. We want the high ground.
4: Yeah,
2: I don't want to go tromping around
4: in those woods at night. I think that's a bad idea.
2: Everyone needs to go and grab some big, chonkin' tall pieces of wood that we can lean against this tree. I'm gonna start securing it together. We should probably put out that fire soon, just so that we don't, like, tell people that we're in the area. Um, and then, and then... Break!
5: (laughs) Never built a defensive lean-to before.
4: I kinda don't feel like putting the fire out's that good of an idea. I mean, they already know we're here, right? No, not necessarily.
2: Put the chest back where we came from also.
4: Come on, Drew, let's let's take that
5: head back to where you found it.
3: Yeah, I guess so.
5: Also I'm pretty sure they know we're here after uh Clive screams so loudly.
2: You never know. I don't I don't
3: Can we like can we stop talking like they are here? Because like, uh this is kinda of freaking me out. I do not like this they talk. Like like, maybe we're just here in the woods alone, and we we found a freaky pickled head geocache, and that's all there is to it, okay? Like, let's just put it back.
4: God damn it, Drew. Take this seriously. You're the one that brought this head down on us. You have to deal with the consequences. I didn't bring the head down on us. The, the head came out on
3: us, okay? And you're the one that opened it up. Clive. Well, if you hadn't found it, it wouldn't have been here for me to open. Okay, whatever. If this was any other situation, I'd have some
5: really cool sex jokes about this, but let's go put this head back, man.
3: We put the head back? Can we grab the wood on the way back? Is that as
1: Yeah. So, Drew and Rod, you guys are going to go put the chest back where you found it and collect some wood. Clive and
4: Isabella, what are you doing?
2: All right, Clive, do you want to look for wood or do you want to tie the trees
4: together? I'll go grab some wood. He really has no idea what you're talking about by tying the trees together.
2: Okay. So I have a long spool of wire in my first aid kit. So I'm just, like, securing, like, kind of weaving through the branches and then doing a local search for trees I can lean up against it. Like, dead and down trees.
1: Okay. And, Clive, are you going in the same direction as Rod and Drew? Or are you going in a different direction?
4: You mentioned that there was a path, right? that carves off this one. So I think looking for the easy way.
1: Yes, you do see a small footpath that goes off about another 60, 80 feet. And it looks like it goes to another clearing.
4: And I think Clive would head down that path and then just look for stuff to the side of the trail. So Clive, you go
1: walking down this trail. And you make your way over to the clearing. And you see that this other clearing is just another camp spot. You see a fire ring. It looks like there are some bits of charcoal. Someone had a fire not so long ago. And you do see a pile of firewood. don't want firewood, We want long.
4: Yeah, we're looking for bigger stuff, so I'm going to be scanning for, like, fell trees or stumps. Or, I don't know. Go ahead and make a roll for me. Uh, Clive got a three. So
1: looking around this area, you see a few smaller trees that the Forest Service probably cut down. You find maybe three pieces of decent timber that you could drag back. But you hear something. It sounds like two wooden rods.
4: Clack. 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 Remembering that Rod has an affinity for disc golf, Clive thinks, Oh, that's probably just Rod sneaking up behind me playing with some of his discs. So he's gonna call, I know you're out there, Rod. It's not funny. And you keep hearing this
1: like, clack, clack, clack.
4: And it sounds like something shuffling through the brush. Is it getting closer? Like close to me or behind me or?
1: It seems like when you turned around to call out, it's in front of you and it might be about 20 feet away. Do I see something? Yes. You see a kind of like it's a wooden duck toy. So it's like a duck on wheels and connected are some little ducklings on wheels. And there's a pull string and you see that it's being pulled. The string. The string appears to be, like, 20 or 30 feet long, and this little wooden duck is missing a wheel, and it just kind of clack, 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 as it's being pulled across the forest floor and behind a tree.
4: I mean, that's creepy as all fuck, so I think upon, like, registering that, Clive would abandon the mission and, like, low-key sprint back to the campsite. And
1: go ahead and make a sanity check. Real consistent, I got another three. Okay, so your sanity increases as you notice that it's not only being pulled behind a tree, but the tree that it's being pulled behind, it's not particularly wide. If someone was hiding behind it, they'd have to be very thin.
4: And all that registers and just further enforces Clive's instinct to get the fuck out. And he just fucking hooks it.
1: Five, you turn on your heel and you make your way to run back to camp.
4: Now let's go ahead
1: and go to Rod and Drew. You go walking off about the 120 feet that you know you went out to go and put the box back where it came from. And there's the pile of wood that you discarded. At this point, there's probably 45 minutes of light left. And, peering through the trees, you can kind of see the sun. It is now submerged beneath this curtain of wood smoke from that distant wildfire. The sun appears to be a solid red orb. As you go and you shift the box back into place, you hear something. It sounds like wood being saw. Drew,
5: you hear that too, right, man?
3: Yeah, like maybe there's, like, I don't know, there's somebody, like, sawing. And, you know, like, we found this head here. So, like, that's, like, people activity. And, like, people activity is, like, head removal activity. It's like, you get what I'm saying, Rod? Uh,
5: I first thought maybe there was a, a like, a, a logging thing happening, but it's, sounds like you think it's a village of head sawer offers
3: I, I don't know if it's a village or like what but like I don't know like this head is clearly cleft from what it's supposed to be upon and um, some wood is being removed from something so like th- th- things are out of order is what I am saying and we should deposit this box and get back to camp as soon as possible
5: yeah yeah I I, I agree Uh, I guess how far away is this like would Rod be able to triangulate the distance this song's
1: coming from. So go ahead and make a roll for me, Rob. A five. So you know, let's say that when you left camp you were heading east. It sounds like it's probably another hundred and fifty feet to your east. And you can't you can't see anybody through the
5: trees. Drew, let's let's get this set down quick and head back. I don't know if it's good to camp here man if that that sounds sound like it's, it's blue that sound sounds shit i'm losing it man that sound sounds like it's only 150 feet from us
3: yeah that's what i was saying before like maybe it's not a good idea to camp or we find a freaking head in a box
1: so i
5: agree let's let's get this done and head back man
1: all right so the box has been placed do you wish to pick up that bundle of firewood as well You don't have enough firewood at camp to keep your fire going throughout the night. Yeah. I grab an armful. Yeah,
5: and Rod will grab whatever, since we're probably hurrying.
1: Yeah, we'll say that you both grab an armful of lumber, of wood, and you hoof it back to camp. Isabella, while you're out there trying to make your own little calisade of timber, you hear this whispering. It sounds like a woman trying to, like, sue the child. Hmm. It's okay, my love. It's okay.
4: Hear you say.
2: I just keep my head down and try and focus on getting the job
1: done.
4: Hear no evil, see no evil, as they say. Go ahead and make a roll for me, and you can
1: use your occupational dice.
2: Occupation. That's what I've trained for. Two sixes.
1: (laughs) Two sixes. Okay, so as you're tying uh, these pieces of wood together you're making it nice and strong. It's solid work and this whispering kind of seems to fade away for you and without really noticing it you start hearing the sound of sawing wood and you keep feverishly working, tying this palisade together as this sound is just rising and rising and You're trying to ignore it and trying to ignore it. As you finish your palisade, you look up and you see at the base of a tree, two red high heel shoes.
2: Is it the tree that I'm like securing my wall to?
1: No, it's about 20 feet away from you. A little bit outside of the clearing in which you're camping.
2: I ignore it. I choose to ignore it and I'm going to look around and see if I can find another branch to secure.
1: With those sixes, you are going to have to roll a sanity
2: sanity. I got a two and my current sanity is three, so I just ignore it.
1: You sure do. You put your head down and you realize that, yeah, those shoes weren't here when you arrived. And you just put your head back down and continue making the palisade. And suddenly, running through the bush, running down the trail, Clive, Rod, Drew, all converging to the campsite.
2: And I noticed that none of them have accomplished the task that I was asking of them. And I'm like, none of you got trees to help secure this fortress? Pulled up
4: in the woods? No, no, no good, no good.
2: Toy duck, red shoes. That's why I saw.
5: We, we heard some sawing, uh, but we did get firewood. Oh, you did? Sorry, kind of panicked.
2: Maybe we should keep the fire going as a level of protection. I don't know. What do you guys think?
5: Dude, the sawing was like 150 feet away from us. That's like real close. Like, what if they can run fast?
3: That's like one good disc toss, right, dude?
5: <laughs> dude, that's like half a bad disc toss. Toss Ta- disc.
4: Well, they already know we're here, so we might as well keep the fire going.
2: Are there any trees where, like, I want, like... I've secured what I have, but I still think it needs more protection. We need more trees to secure. Like, can I look around? Do I see any close by? I got a six. Wow, these dice are rolling really well.
1: So you look around, and as you're looking around, you see that the shoes are no longer there, and that will provoke a sanity roll. God damn
2: it. Two. I do not. Jesus. All right. I don't give a fuck about those shoes. <laughs>
1: And, yeah, you see a little bit of this thinned wood, but not a whole lot of pieces to make a really super fortified fort. Alright. It would need some more scavenging.
4: Clive is uh, is now, you know, interested in keeping the fire going because he thinks that's gonna keep him safe, so he'll also look around to see if there's any, like, easily grabbable brush just on the perimeter. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I
1: said, just a few pieces. Just, like, a few pieces of wood.
4: He will venture out and try to grab those, because they're easy, and he really doesn't want fire to go out. Yeah, I think that's done easily enough. You manage to grab this wood, and you come back. So, like, how much time, how much wood to time do we have? Like, how long could we posit that our wood reserves would last?
1: You would imagine, uh, if you were conservative with your wood, you could probably make it eight hours.
4: Okay, that's, I mean, that's most of a night.
1: As Rod and Drew deposit their firewood into a pile, out spills a wooden duck pull toy, missing a wheel.
4: Clive will just reach out and point, just like shaking, and he just can't say anything, but his mouth is like forming words, and he's just pointing and shaking. Burn it!
1: Clive, make a sanity check.
4: That's a five. So I lose another point of sanity. <laughs> You're so unhappy. <laughs>
3: Uh Rod, when did you pick up a duck? I
1: I don't think I did.
2: I'm going to run, I'm going to grab it and chuck it in the fire.
1: Okay? You throw the you throw the wooden duck in the fire and it catches, it starts. An burning. extra hour of
2: firewood.
1: <laughs> and you watch as that, you know, mother duck and her little wooden ducklings start to burn in the fire. Oh, I feel bad. You didn't think about it like that, did you? No, it's just wood. Well, it is. It is just wood. Just carved into the likeness of a duck. You're not throwing real ducks into the fire, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Kinda... Unless you were on the show alone.
4: <laughs> and I think at this point, Clive is pretty shaken, he's pretty fucking miserable, and he is committed to not leaving the like radius of the fire and the security of the perimeter. Okay.
2: Does anyone have any weapons on them?
4: You have a chop-chop. I have a chop-chop. You have a multi-tool, Clive, right? Clive pulls out his multi-tool and pulls out the pocket knife. And his hand is like kind of shaking as he's gripping this pocket knife. I actually don't know if I trust you with that.
3: <laughs> I'm just putting it out there, guys, that maybe our best weapon is our feats. Because there's shit close to here and maybe we shouldn't be stationary. Like, let's keep moving. That seems like the way to go.
2: I feel like fueling up right now might be a good idea so we're all kind of tired. Eat
3: Clive, start sharpening some sticks, dude. Oh yeah. Cuz you have the multi-tool like I need something, man. I just got hotel soap and washcloths and
4: little water bottles. Help me out, dude. <laughs> As you just like inject another bottle of water into your system. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I collapse it just
1: and then chuck the plastic bottle into the fire.
4: <laughs> oh my god clive will take that under advisement and start sharpening staves into uh skewers
2: yeah i'll use my chop chop to do that as well
3: all right guys like i got these like let's keep our heads cool so have a hospitality mint on me okay and i'm just i got like handfuls of them i'm giving everybody some some hospitality mints you know like the chewy kind those are the best they, like, melt you know.
4: You also recommend we do a gentle facial mask, which you also conveniently pull out to refresh us.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Anybody need a shower cap? I got some shower caps here.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. So, is there any other thing I can do to d- make a defensive position for us?
1: Really, you've made your little fortified lean-to, and you have some fireworks. You're making some weapons, and you have a couple of tools that could be used as weapons. Unfortunately, it seems like this is about as safe as you can get here.
4: All right. Oh, I have a question. <clears throat> Clive has an idea, and he's going to ask, uh, <clears throat> did, did any of you guys bring booze or, or any kind of liquor out here with you? Yeah.
3: And then I, I shake out. I got like a mini bar <laughs> of, of liquor. Just like the little shooters,
4: <laughs> fucking shooters. Okay, you gotta uh,
5: pay extra for that, though.
4: <laughs> uh, so with that, Clive would like to take one of the branches that he's not sharpening, and like he'll rip out his extra shirt and like wind the top of it with the shirt, and then douse that in uh a shooter and okay. start making torches. I'll, I'll help Clive. Are they gonna be like? around our little campsite. I think everybody should have a torch, so he's going to aim to make four. Okay. Oh, I got washcloths,
3: so you can, like, wrap that around and soak the alcohol in
4: the- Oh, did you not hear? I was going to rip up my extra shirt. I don't know if maybe we lagged. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Either way. But, I, but I, I, washcloths.
1: I, we're, we're working on them together, so... Okay. Some shirt, some washcloth. Yep. Perfect. At this point, you guys would kind of like to say that you are taking a moment to eat fashion torches just kind of hang out by the fire
4: yeah yes and i
5: crack open uh, another pbr
4: <laughs> so i saw this amazing thing i'm just going to interject here i went uh paddleboarding yesterday for the first time which was fun can re- only recommend um but i went with a friend and he brought this like bandolier bag and this bandolier bag is a cooler and you can and it's like basically basically perfectly sized to just sleeve in like beers or something So I'm just imagining that Rod has one of these that goes like all the way around his midriff and he's just like unzipping it and like popping out a beer and then like cracking it open this entire time. And they're perfectly chill because it's a cooler.
5: Rod's a traditionalist. And if you notice when he unzips his disc golf bag, there's only three discs in there, but there's like a full 18 pack of PBRs, but now they're like half crushed cans and half (laughs) Unopened beers, but then also a bunch of crushed baby water
1: bottles.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And Nature Valley wrappers.
1: So, you sit around the fire, eating some food, making some torches, and the sun descends beyond the horizon, and the woods grow dark and still. And as you look out into the woods, you see the light from a flashlight. Then two, three, four, five... It turns out a dozen flashlights are scanning the woods and you start to hear them calling. They're calling out a name, but at this distance it's kind of hard to tell what name it is. It sounds Uh, like people searching.
4: Are the flashlights getting closer?
1: They are. Is the name getting clearer? As you sit and watch these lights, they grow a little bit closer, and then they kind of seem to move about in errant circles, like they're almost like stuck looking around. But you can hear them calling out for Lisa.
4: Hmm. Are they close, or close-ish, to where Clive imagines Rod and Drew found the head? They're actually
1: back up the trail from whence you came. And they're probably... 250,
4: 300 feet away. I I feel like at this point, Clive would probably try to call out to them, because he doesn't know who Lisa is, and he sees the flashlights, and this is all very plausible, so I think he's gonna call out as it becomes clearer, Oh, hello?
1: Hello, who's out there? And you see the lights kind of start to focus in on your direction? (laughs) Oh, fuck.
6: We're a search party. Williams PD and Coconino Sheriff's Department.
1: And they start moving in closer towards your direction.
6: Kind of fanned out, but still moving. Lisa, is Lisa with you?
2: No, we don't know who Lisa is. And I like kind of have my hands up, but my torch is sitting on the ground next to me and lit.
1: This search party comes closer and closer. And they're about 30 feet away in the woods. And you can't make out any of their features. You just see that their lights are very bright.
6: What are y'all doing out here?
2: We're camping. We're heading to... What's the city called?
1: Watford. We're going to Watford.
6: Have you seen Lisa? Uh... She's a 21-year-old with blonde, curly hair.
2: No, sir.
3: Just us. Wait, we, we've seen some, like, weird stuff, though. Like, there was a head in a box. I- <laughs> like, a hundred feet away from here.
6: A head in a box.
3: Yeah, like a, like a severed head in a box.
6: Well, where was it?
3: Like a hundred feet away from camp. Like, we were gathering firewood, and there was
1: a box, and we opened it up, and there was a severed head in it. You hear that, you know, the group is starting to come a little bit closer to you guys, and you can start to, like, make out the silhouettes of men. They appear like, you know, they have the bulletproof vests on. They appear to be police, but you can't make out any fine details, any faces, or anything like that.
6: Well... Why are you still here?
1: It's was too late to turn around, officers. We either had a camp here
2: or risk not having shelter for the night. It's 18 miles back.
6: We see.
4: At this point, I think something skeptical has gotten triggered in Clive, and he remembers the hatred and disgust that he felt on their 18-mile trek out here, and he's gonna, like, scan these silhouettes for, like, backpacks or, like... I mean, they probably had to make a similar trek, right? Yeah,
1: and you can't see any, like, real gear on these guys besides, you know, basic stuff. Like, they look like they were not equipped for a long trek. But again, you can't see, like, many details about them, but it doesn't look like any of them have backpacks.
4: Uh, I think at this point Clive is just going to slowly start backing away towards the fortress and away from the fire. But, like, not really trying to draw a lot of attention to himself, but he's spooked. He's already spooked. I mean, you know, he's he's not, he's not unhappy right now.
1: Absolutely. And continuing the conversation.
6: So why haven't you reported that? Why are you staying here? Who are
5: we going to report that to, officer?
6: It's 18 miles in. Also, can you calm
5: down with the lumens, bro? You're like right in our eyes here. It's a dark sky ordinance, bro.
6: <laughs> Gotta make sure we can see. We're looking for Lisa.
5: We already told you. Lisa's not here, man.
6: Well, we hear that. And I guess we'll leave you be. But you better be careful. There's a killer out here. Wait,
1: whoa. And with that, all of the lights turn off. And they leave you in darkness.
2: Uh Uh-uh. Nah.
0: Hey, boys and ghouls. Hope that episode gave you the chills and an unquenchable thirst for the next episode. Thanks so much for stopping into
1: our Tavern of Terror this month. Cthulhu Dark is a very fun system, and I have a penchant for the macabre, so it's certainly fun to let the darkness roam a little. If you enjoyed the episode, please like and subscribe. Better yet, take a moment to write a review and share with a friend. Just a reminder that we will return to this scenario next Thursday, October 21st, so keep an eye over your shoulder for its impending arrival. Also, episode 3 of our main Dungeons & Dragons campaign will be dropping on the last Thursday of the month, October 28th. Wanted to give a big thanks to Lou Fox for his appearance as The Sheriff. You can find him on Twitter at Bard Commander. Our intro music for this mini-series was made just for us by the talented Eugene Stacks. Links to his website and social media are in the show notes. Please take a moment to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Reddit. If you want more of our content, be sure to check out www.tavernsquad.com for more of our content. Until then,
0: the tavern is closing. Darkness has fallen. You don't have to go home, but you're probably much safer there.
6: <laughs> toodle it.